This is my instant reaction to Moonfall. When I was a wee little lad, there was in the culture a uh, prejudice against certain older types of movies. Um, we derided these movies. We mocked them. We laughed at them. And uh, something like um, Mystery Science Theater 3000 is sort of the, the product of that. I think, uh, I'm not Generation X, but I think Gen X kind of initiated this. They grew up with a lot of reruns on television. They grew up with the initial expansion of cable television. And uh, all of that stuff had to have really cheap programming. And so uh, what would end up on television, at least in the United States, was a lot of uh, B-movies. It was a lot of films that were uh, junk. And they were they maybe, maybe even had a few reputable names in them, but the dialogue was pretty atrocious. They were very clunky. The aliens were kind of silly. Um, it was a lot of soundstage, cheap sets, blinking lights. And if they, they really went for the gusto, if they really had a little bit of production value, then they had a uh, rear screen projection, which was um, kind of a precursor to compositing and stuff like that. Now, I've noticed this trend in movies over the last, I would say, it really seems to have accelerated like within the last five years, um, maybe 10, but definitely like last five I've noticed it. And the trend is that uh, real locations don't exist anymore. They're now on blank studio sets. And I, of course, you go back to the early 2000s for George Lucas and the prequels, especially like Attack of the Clones uh, and even Revenge of the Sith where we're not in real places anymore. We're not on real locations. We're on a soundstage somewhere, and everything from the ground to what people are wearing to everything around them is completely digital. Now, when it is done well, at times it is indecipherable. Unless you really look and realize that they're not really engaging with the background environment beyond a certain depth of field, you can't really pick up on it. Uh, some of the best episodes, for instance, of Mandalorian, uh, you can't really tell that they're not in wherever they're supposed to be. Uh, I mean, you know it's not a for foreign planet or something, but you can't really tell that they're just in California and Manhattan Beach on a really weird state-of-the-art LED sound soundstage because it's so far uh, advanced. Uh, you can notice on one of the most recent episodes of Boba Fett when uh, our boy, uh, is it... Uh, is it Timothy Oliphant or is it the other one? Whatever the other one is. Uh, uh, the guy from Justified who plays the um, sheriff or the marshal. Uh, he's supposed to be in a dust storm. And it looks really well except for the fact that uh, he's not acting as if there's any dust in his face or around him whatsoever. And somebody very cleverly made sure there's not really like the dust is swirling around him. But it's not in his face because he's not reacting against the dust. So I think somebody in the special effects team the digital effects team, I did a good job picking that up. But still, it's like dust is blowing all around except for directly in your face. I don't think so. Um, what am I getting at here? We used to have a bias against this sort of stuff. 
and we would look at it, we would laugh at it, and we would be like, oh, man, those movies stink, and we'd make fun of it. Again, mystery science theater, riff tracks, whatever you want to call it. And that was sort of the culture. It was like, look at these dumb movies. Look at these dumb movies. Because, you know, the 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, a lot of junky-looking movies. But towards the mid-70s into the 80s, there was a higher emphasis on shooting in real places. And there was some amazing technological advancements. ILM, Industrial Light Magic, then the spinoff of that, Boss Films, then Stan Winston's group, and spinoff, 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 spinoff. All these different groups, practical makeups, practical effects, just took a quantum leap. Sets and production value for sound stages took a quantum leap. Uh, shooting in, in real places, mixing real and fake stuff took a quantum leap, especially for like bigger budgeted movies, movies with stars in them. Um, compositing got better. Rear screen projection was kind of done away with. They started using chroma key stuff and, and green screens and eventually blue screens. and they got better at it. They got better with the, the matte work. They got, they got better with everything. Movies like Blade Runner and all this just kind of pushed Star Wars, Blade Runner. It pushed special effects into a whole new frontier. And really that trend went all the way through to about the mid-90s. And we were like, special effects are getting better and better and better and better. And we never have to look at movies that look like crap anymore. Stuff at the time, stuff is starting to look more and more real. The combination of miniatures, forced perspective, uh, compositing shots, matte paintings, some digital was beginning to emerge. And really, it was just uh, those movies were at the time like pretty immersive. And you were there's not a ton of un uncanny valley, you could kind of suspend your disbelief. And then uh, it kind of culminated with Independence Day where it's bringing all of those things together. And it's, it was mostly about the special effects and the charisma of the cast because the script wasn't that good, and on and on we go. And we were like, we don't ever need these junk movies that we had and our, when our parents watched or our grandparents watched. Look how silly all those movies are. We've now gone the opposite way, where stuff is being done digitally, but it is so clear, it doesn't matter whether or not it's Jungle Cruise, it doesn't matter whether or not it's Moonfall, it's so clear that these people are just standing on a blank set and everything is being added around them. There is not a single shot in this entire film that looks anywhere remotely real. The rocket ship doesn't look real. The moon doesn't look real. <laughs> the people don't look real. The destruction doesn't look real. I don't even mean it looks digital. I mean, it looks, it looks like something from the 50s. It, we've, we've, we've just gone full circle. It looks, these movies are starting to look like the things that we laughed at when we were kids. It, of course, it's digital. It's not just rear screen projection. But it might as well be. It's as believable or as realistic as, like, some really shoddy stunt work done in It's a Mad, 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 Mad World. Right? It's just, it's silly to look at. Uh, it went through that whole who shot John bullshit to come back around to basically this. This is one of the dumbest movies that has ever been written. This is, the, this is hands down the dumbest and arguably the worst movie I've ever seen in theaters. I, at some point, just started hysterically laughing. I was 
Nobody else was laughing. Nobody else was making a peep. I was hysterically laughing. I had a seat in the middle of the theater. And when I got there, uh, I don't go to trailers anymore. I, you know, whatever. So, you know, I just, I can't be bothered with it. I've already seen all these trailers, don't care, which is really sad because that used to be one of my favorite things. But I just, I just, I just I'm the guy that comes in right as the, the credits are rolling. I, do, I just don't care. I pre order everything and get there. I'm going to get snacks. I pre-order my snacks. I, go, I, 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 I'm, I'm older now. I move at a leisurely pace. And I don't show up in the middle of the movie or 10 minutes in. I show up right as Maria Menounos is shutting the fuck up. I like to roll in there. So I roll in there. And I sit down. And or I, I roll in. And I realize this, this place is packed. With COVID, I'm wearing a mask. With everything going on, I'm like, I'm in this huge theater. And it's way more full than I thought. And I was originally supposed to see it midweek at a very early screening. Um, and the screening was canceled due to uh, inclement weather. So this is coming to you a bit late. I apologize. But I couldn't get to it before the weekend because uh, my early screening was canceled. So <clears throat> I go to a regular weekend showing. It's pretty busy, pretty packed. I want to keep my mask on. And there's a whole row, there's nobody sitting in it, and there's a wall behind me, and I'm down kind of on the floor, but not the, now where I have to crane my neck. It was pretty comfortable. It was actually pretty immersive. I just, I just take a seat smack dab in the middle of there. Nobody ever is around me. I got an eight-foot wall behind me. You know, uh, I could felt a little bit more comfortable taking my mask off and uh, drinking my water and uh, eating a hot dog because I hadn't had lunch yet, which is like movie theater hot dog. I've never done that and will never do it again. But I sit there, you know, and I'm watching this movie and I just start hysterically laughing. And I don't mean like, um, like, I don't even, I just was giggling. I was just giggling through this entire thing. There is not one good ounce of dialogue. There is not one good performance. This is one of the worst performances by Halle Berry I have ever seen. It is atrocious. Charlie Plummer, I don't know what he's doing. I, I, this is hands down one of the worst written, dumbest, stupidest, fakest looking. It looks like a fake movie you see. You know, like there's like a, like a, a a movie that somebody made in a movie. You know, that's what it looks like. It looks like if if somebody was in a movie watching a movie in the movie world this would be what was on television it's 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 like when they went to, to the movie theater in seinfeld and you would hear the dialogue on the screen and be like oh you know it's sack lunch or whatever that's moonfall moon is a timely reference by the way but moonfall is sack lunch this thing is ludicrous now i went into it knowing it was going to be ludicrous but it is the plus and minus of it is this. It is a hell of a thing. <laughs> it is a hell of a thing. I, it will make you, it's either going to piss you off or you will be laughing and laughing and laughing. But it takes so long. It, 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 imagine every Roland Emmerich disaster movie cliche. All of it. Go honestly. Going all the way back to Stargate. Every cliche: uh, strange parents, divorced, uh, whatever. 
dad is not really there for his son. This time they didn't even bother naming the son a name. They just called him Sonny. Then imagine it just sort of multiply. Well, just copy and paste that over to Halle Berry. And uh, the crackpot conspiracy theorist that nobody really believes, but he knows. And he's a nerd, but he's going to end up being the hero. And, okay, got that guy. That's the guy that was in Game of Thrones. And, you know, uh, just somebody random of some weird ethnicity. Okay, got that. Um, a delinquent of some kind who is just really misunderstood. Okay, got that. Like, just go through all the cliches. The military wants to nuke stuff. Uh, yeah, it's just all the stuff, all the stuff you've seen. Now imagine it does that at one and a half speed. All, every cliche scene, every cliche piece of dialogue, I'm going to get you home. You know, uh, you know, he died a hero. Like, uh, every ridiculous, goofy thing you have ever seen, satellites, telemetry, this, the, all of it, all of it's here. But it's done at one and a half speed. And yet, downside, it still seems like it goes on for like an hour plus. There's so much rigmarole that is, it's so half-hearted. Oh, we're going to have this, send some people to the moon to investigate this thing. And then the moon, that shuttle just disappears. But we don't really even bother to get to know those people. And then the guy that's running it, he quits. And these are like mild spoilers. And then Halle Berry's promoted, and she's going to do this clandestine mission to get people to the moon to figure out what's going on. And then before you know it, well, we got to leave in like 28 minutes. That's the exact quote. We have to leave in 28 minutes. We have to use old equipment because of electronics. But by the way, old space shuttles still had electronics. I don't understand. I, what? Oh, but one of the engines, we lost coolant. One of the engines, we're not going to be able to take off. Okay, everybody go home. Oh, but what about this? We can do it. And blah, blah, blah. And it's just, it's insane. They, they'll throw out a thing of like, oh, the moon's doing this now. And you're like, oh, my God. And then it kind of does it for like two seconds or to two minutes, somewhere in that range. And then the moon never does whatever that thing is again. And somehow everybody's still alive and the Earth isn't destroyed. And somehow there are still satellites in space. Even the moon, even though the moon has left its orbit and eventually is just basically in the atmosphere of Earth, yet there are still satellites to make phone calls. At some point, people start running out of oxygen. And yet then, like, immediately after, they have to have oxygen tanks. But then immediately after, like, a series of things happen. Um, uh, then they don't need oxygen anymore. What changed? I have no idea. I have no clue. I, I, there's, there's so many just like throw away, this is happening now, and then it's not happening or it's of no consequence and it doesn't matter and who cares and we're all just moving on with our life and on to the next thing. And you're like, wait, wait a minute. Wasn't that supposed to be a big thing? Um, I don't know. Uh, I just end up laughing and nobody else was laughing except for one guy who was laughing at all of the jokes that I don't think that were supposed to be funny that were terrible. There are several pro-Elon Musk SpaceX references, which feels very tone deaf. That guy just laughed. This one guy's like, ha! Just like that. Almost like Alf. And then he would repeat, Willie! Ha! And then he would repeat the joke. Whatever the joke was, they said on the screen, he would just repeat it. I'm like, this movie is made for that kind of guy. It's made for the kind of guy who laughs out loud and then repeats the joke after he's just heard it. That's who this movie is for. 
It's terrible. It is irredeemable. It doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. It's not interesting. It's not smart. It's not clever. It's not charming. Halle Berry is terrible. Everybody gives a terrible performance. All of the kids. It says some of the worst kid actors I've ever seen. And then the movie doubles down on it and makes the decision to have one of the kid actors be the one to give all of the exposition. Go through Roland, all the heavy lifting, but go, go through Roland Emmerich's filmography and find two or three of his movies that you recognize they're not very good, right? They're just they're kind of dumb, they're poorly written, whatever. But there's some kind of a charm or there's some kind of a something to them, as a panache, a style, something, right? Some kind of something that makes them a little bit more full body than they have any right to be. This has none of that. If you told me they filmed this whole thing in quarantine during the height of COVID and the scenes were just being written as they were filming them, they were just like feeding the characters dialogue that was being made up of the spot through an earpiece in their ear, I would believe it. If you told me that they, they, they just filmed dress rehearsals or just when they were just run, like running through their lines of like, it, it, like Halle Berry, I, like, I don't want to just harp on her, but her performance is if she's like, it, like getting ready to go to set or she's like in the makeup thing, just like running through her lines real quick to make sure she has them. That's the level of energy that she gives to this thing. I don't want to go on much longer than that, so I'm just going to transition now into some spoilers. Uh, so I'm going to give you a few seconds here. And as I give you a few seconds before we get into spoilers, this is the perfect time to tell you, if you like these instant reactions and you want them more instantaneously, you could become a clerk level or above supporter of our Patreon, uh, you know, patreon.com slash binge movies. Make sure you find us on Patreon. You can support us at a clerk level and above to get these instant reactions early, uh, which is always nice. Uh, also, we've got something going on. If you go to our letterbox, letterbox.com backslash binge movies, you will find on one of our lists, we're calling it the binge movies challenge. What's better than listening to me talk on and on and on about movies and ranking them? It's you listening and watching movies with us. And if you watch all 102 films of season six, uh, then uh, we, we might do something special for you. We, we're, we'll, we'll announce winners. We'll do, you know, again, we'll do something special for you. Please tweet us as you watch the movies with us. Use the hashtag binge movies. Let us know what you're watching, what you think about the movies throughout the season. We're releasing the list quarterly to correspond with the season. So right now, the first 25 films are up. Again, just go to uh, letterbox.com backslash binge movies and find the 6.1 binge movies challenge list. I'll give you your 25 films. Now, on to spoilers. An ancient civilization of humans, billions of years ago, lived in perfect harmony, and then they built an AI, and the AI went crazy and it went berserk. And it's like this nanobot AI kind of a thing. It's basically like some kind of weird swarmy thing from uh, the Matrix movies. Uh, the deus ex machina thing. And it um, started wiping out this futuristic civilization. So they built a bunch of, of satellites. Hollow satellites. 
that were meant to capture the energy of white dwarves to produce life and then go find viable planets in different solar systems and seed them with life. And all of these things were wiped out except for one, which made it into our solar system, which became our moon. Now, the gravitational field of Earth and the gravitational field, again, I'm not a science major, but if there was no moon here, if it was just the sun and the Earth and the rest of our solar system, I'm not exactly sure that Earth would be a viable planet. So how can they, how do these aliens or this whatever, um, this is what it's called, a moon operating system, which is the good AI. How does this moon operating system know (laughs) that? That, well, if we just enter, if I just position this, this hollow spaceship in the right position between the sun and the earth will create enough gravity for me to be able to seed the planet. I don't know. I have no clue, but that is what this is supposed to be. And when they get into the moon, they realize it's hollow and they realize there's some kind of a evil AI dust particle nanobot thing. And it's trying to crush or choke out the, the white dwarf at the center of the moon. And uh, they got to kill it. But the problem is if it reads electrical stuff and organic life at the same time, it targets that thing and just kills it. So they got to get to the moon. They got to get inside the moon on a spaceship without electronics. And they got to take a bomb and they got to, or an uh, EMP. And they got to blow this thing up. But they can't do it inside the moon because the moon is what allows the earth to exist because it's really hollow and it's not really a moon. It is a giant piece of ancient alien technology with a weird artificial intelligence operating system inside of it. And all the seeds of life are there, including potatoes and shit. Um, and then uh, our boy, uh, Sam, I would say Samwell, that's not right. Guy from Game of Thrones, Tarly, uh, he sacrifices himself and he blows up the monster outside the moon or inside the moon or far enough away from the core of the moon and the moon can repair itself and goes back into orbit. Um, and <laughs> it's very end. <laughs> at the very end, this construct appears, which is his cat, Fuzz Aldrin, and his mother who has alzheimer's who's wheelchair bound not it's not really them it's a construct of them and then he's like uh am i dead and he's like oh we've downloaded your consciousness you're now part of the moon that's the exact line the moon's like hey you're now part of the moon <laughs> and he's like awesome i wouldn't think that was awesome i'm now just like a, a hologram inside of the moon like i don't want to be a fucking eternally existent lonely hologram that remembers all my friends and family and just like but the moon's like we got to get started he's like get started doing what which is the sequel bait the sequel bait for this movie is that the guy from game of thrones is now part of the moon that sounds made up it sounds like something the asylum would put out 
It sounds like a Giovanni Molina film. It's it this it sounds like Neil Breen kind of thinking. And that's where we're at is that Hollywood is now making legitimately spending tens to hundreds of millions of dollars to make Neil Breen films. It's insane. Um I I I could I, I couldn't even begin to go through every logical inconsistency of this movie. Michael Peña is in this. Not as any kind of comedic relief. He is the dud stepfather. But he, there's no effort put into it of like, well, he's really a son of a bitch. Or, yeah, he may come off as a son of a bitch, but he really cares about this kid. Nope. He just is a person who's there. He's not given a single funny moment. They Dante's peak it. He's like grandma who's got to get out of the boat into the acid water. But instead, he's like, take the oxygen mask. And you take it and you just walk into some vague direction to find your family, which they could have just split the oxygen like on a plane and both got, but got to kill him off to redeem his character. But he was never really bad enough to be redeemed, but it showed he really did care. There's like some fucking random ass hillbillies that show up, but they get killed. And like the whole earth is cracking open. The moon is crashing down. And this guy's like, <laughs> In a high-speed chase, and he's like, forget about him, because one of their compatriots is killed. Forget about him. He's gone. We got to get that oxygen. Now, if you can manage a high-speed chase through randomly fluctuating gravity, and just let me just say, thank God for Lexus, because apparently Alexis is the only vehicle that is not affected by Absolutely random gravitational field. Fuck fluctuations. Um, I don't know. Maybe fuck the oxygen. Because either you don't need it, or it doesn't matter. We gotta get that oxygen. Uh, there's so many stupid things. It's, it's, uh, I just had another one, but it doesn't matter. It's all stupid. This is, this is so stupid. This is a stupid... Stupid film. It is laugh out loud, hysterically fucking stupid. There, there's, you know, there's the two nerds that stay behind and we're not leaving. We're going to figure this out. We're going to get you to space. They get completely obliterated by a giant wave. And there is, you don't even see their deaths. You're, you're not even sure by basically the orientation of it if it's really them. There's a certain point where certain towns are being destroyed. It's all digital, but it almost looks like they made a digital model of a model and then destroyed that at certain times. You know, like you, you know, you know how in old movies they'd cut away and you could obviously tell it was a model. And then that would be what they destroyed. It's almost like they they did that on purpose, but they still did it digitally. So it'll cut to a shot and it's like a digital handmade model. It's fucking weird to look at. And I was watching it and like the boats that are crashing around in the water and stuff, they're, they, they, none of them look real whatsoever. Uh, they're like jittering. There's so many times the special effects look unfinished. It, 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 if you said this movie had sat on the shelf for like 12 years, I would believe you based on how some of it looked. The only way that would tip me off is that the actors in it are much older than they were 12 years ago. But if you had just said, oh, yeah, this, this, they made this movie in 20, 
10 and it's just coming out now, I'd be like, oh, okay, well, I, I believe that. Um, it, it's, it's really hard to fathom. It didn't feel like a real movie. It felt like a, a parody of a movie. I don't even know how to explain it. I'll just say that this is, it's, it's one of the dumbest, probably the one of, if not the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater. That's probably not true. I saw Monster Hunter in a theater. That's pretty bad. This is better than Monster Hunter, but it's, I think, dumber. <laughs> or maybe equally as dumb. I don't know. It is, there's something about the combination of Roland Emmerich's ambition and stupidity that is... He's in a class of his own. He really is. Um, I, I, this opening weekend, the movie's not doing very well. Uh, Jackass is, is sucking up all the dollars and the oxygen. Don't go to the theater to see this. Don't risk your health. Don't go to the theater to see it. Uh, I don't think it's going to hold up at all in watching like on a screen at home because there's just nothing really engaging about it. So you almost kind of need to see it in a theater. Go if you've got like a free ticket or if you're in a snowy climate or a real hot climate and there's nothing else to do and you've got like two hours to kill and, and you're in between like dentist appointments or something. Like, I don't know. Just... I cannot recommend that you ever spend money on this. I cannot recommend. But it is a thing that exists. If I had to give this a score out of 10, uh, oh boy. The first half would be like a 2 out of 10. I don't even know if it's really half. It feels like half. Before the plot goes way off the rails into... I'm the moon's operating system. <laughs> oh, Sunny, the moon's helping us. <laughs> what's, what's some other great lines here? I'm sorry. Uh, oh, what's, what, uh, oh, my God. Oh, the guy goes, oh, shit. <laughs> Oh shit, the moon is rising. Gravity is going to help go crazy. That's what it is. Oh shit, the moon is rising, Charlie Plummer says. And then whoever the girl that's with him is, which they don't even bother like making it romantic. I, well, I don't even know what the point of her was. She's At one point, she's just like, I'm a foreign exchange student. She's a foreign exchange student from China who's working for Halle Berry as an au pair. It's like a nanny. He's like, are you being trafficked? What is this? For a minute, I thought they were lovers. I was like, oh, this is weird, but okay. Uh, but then I was like, that doesn't seem to be the angle that they're going with this because she just seemed way younger than Halle Berry. I'm like, is this Halle Berry's wife? Like, girlfriend? What is this? A friend? Like, why is this person raising her child? So strange. Um, and she responds, gravity's going to go crazy. <laughs> the guy, this is some of the worst like news reports in the background, like at one point it's supposed to be like the BBC and a lady just goes like, uh, something to the effect of like civilization's been in a downward trend as looting's become a new popular pa pastime within the UK. It's bonkers or something like that. And you're just like, what? 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 Again, it feels like somebody watched all the Roland Emmerich movies, and then, like, in a day, all at the same time, you know, all the, the same day, then sat down and, like, well, you know, what it really is is it's like 
somebody made an AI watch all of Roland Emmerich's movies and then just like spit out a script. And then they took that script and then they dumbed it down from there because that was too complicated. And then they fed it to the actors on sound stages and they were just hearing the lines as they were saying them. That's what this movie is. And then everything else was done in post. Everything else. Um, this is a wild, wacky, stupid B-movie at the level of the, some of the worst B-movies you have ever seen from like the 1950s. It's when you look back and go, do people really go to the theaters to watch this shit? That's what we're talking about here. Uh, it's got to be one of the all-time dumbest movies ever released in a theater. This has to be. There are worse movies out there. I've watched them. They don't typically get major theatrical releases. You know, Bruce Willis makes 17 of these a year uh, with way lower budgets that are just dreadful, that are god-awful. But they, they're not re- they don't have, like, Academy Award winners in them. Unless it's, like, Lou Gossett Jr. or something. Is he even still alive? I don't know. Um, yeah, this is terrible. Uh, but if I had to judge it based on the second half of the wackiness of it all, I don't know. I'd probably give it like a four or a five out of 10. So, you know, as a legitimate film, it's like a two. It's one of the worst movies ever, ever. Uh, and that's like, sounds like hyperbole, but it's at this level with the, this level of talent and money and theatrical release. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely going to be one of the worst movies of the year. But with the insanity of where the movie goes and where the, 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 it's like the lines are not, they're not even self parody. That's what makes it so great is that it's just some of the, it's, there's every line of dialogue just stands out as one of like, it's one of the worst lines of dialogue ever written. It's insane. So uh, for that level, I'd have to bump it up like two or three points. So I would say on a, uh, like, a straight criteria, two out of ten, on a so like so good it's bad criteria, like a five out of ten. Um, I don't recommend seeking this one out <laughs> again, unless you just have nothing to do and you just want to go laugh at something. This is worthy of a few laughs, but that's about it. So those are my thoughts on Moonfall. Let me know what you think uh, uh, if you've seen it, and if you don't listen to my advice and you're go see it anyways. Uh, make sure you let me know. You can follow us on Twitter at binge movies and uh, feel free to leave a comment. Tell us what you think of the film. Uh, please don't go seek this out. Uh, I've warned you, but if you do, you now you know what you're in for. You're in for gravity's going to go crazy. <laughs> Sonny, the moon is going to help us. Oh shit. The moon is rising. <laughs> Your consciousness has been uploaded to the moon. Oh, fuck. Okay. I've seen evangelical movies with acting on par to what Halle Berry's doing in this film. For real. I think Jeff Fahey in Revelation 2 or Armageddon 2, Apocalypse 2 Revelation, is as good as Halle Berry is in this movie. Spino is much better. The guy who plays Willie Spino in the John Hagee-produced End Times movie is a better performance than anything in this movie. So, on that note, until next time, binge on.